With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unspoiled Covering Sandman, Volume 7, Brief Lives. Part one. In this episode, Owen and Miles and Anton and I talk about delirium and Dream searching for their long lost brother. But Dream doesn't really give a fuck and he's just here because he wants to see who's trying to fuck up the thing he doesn't care about. <laughs> Welcome to Unspoiled. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are... Can I just say that I actually love Dream in this volume? Dream is like dialed to 11 in this. He's just like so moody and so like contrary. So contrary. He's wonderful. This is my favorite, like... Mostly Dream just kind of annoys me and how big of a dick he is. But in this, like, it's it's played perfectly to where, it, like, Delirium is acting so crazy. And so you kind of have to side with Dream. I don't, though, because Delirium, that, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Deli- it's not like Delirium he- is so... It, it, she manages to have a strange amount of focus, despite the fact that she doesn't. It's a weird sort of like slow vortex where you get caught up and hit with lots of other unrelated things, but eventually you make it to the middle. It's I knew, just I knew a girl who had an imaginary fish. <laughs> that was amazing. I love. Can I just say, guys, that their road trip is pretty much a Michael Sarah movie? <laughs> oh God, Michael Sarah as Dream. <laughs> How did you know? Just and, stop it. Oh, any... oh Spider Man's gonna be black now. <laughs> I mean, and then Cass Delirium was any of the many manic pixie dream girls that he had, except this time it's purely platonic because they're siblings. I, I was thinking that this would make a great Wes Anderson movie. Oh, God. Oh, I don't yes. see Delirium at all as a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, I, I don't think she's anyone's like dream one, girl. But, like, so, but aged yeah, just down manic, to yes. 10. Um, Anyway, oh my god, Michael Sarah's dream is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I just... But the way he's being so emo, like, mm, it's raining and... Sorry, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it doesn't suit at all, but it's just so hysterical. It just makes me think of that moment in um, Scott Pilgrim when he's like, what's wrong? And he turns the eight on its side. Everything. I keep thinking (laughs) of her eyes towards the end. Cold eyes weighing me dispassionately 
finding me wanting. And in the end, she told me, but I knew before she told me, it was there in her eyes. <laughs> that sounds like something Dream would have said in, this, in the first issue when it's like... No, I, it? I read that from the page. Yeah, no, that's oh. true from the book. But I mean, but he... Uh... This is this version of dream that we get here is basically all the most human and interesting elements of his character on display. You mean in this whole volume or when he's moping in the rain? In the whole volume. Oh, like okay. the, it's the whole spectrum of everything that makes him like not a boring ass all powerful deity. Okay. Um this is true. <laughs> all right. Let's get this started. Let's get this party started. So, Andros is... Stole my joke, motherfucker. What? (laughs) You said, let's get this party started, and I said, in here. Oh, God. That was a joke? Guys, That was a hilarious joke. I'm raising the standards around here. Brilliant reference-based humor. (laughs) Brilliant reference to 12 years, your old pop songs. If your standards are higher than the floor, I'm afraid I'm not going to meet them. (laughs) All right. Um, so Andrus is going up to leave a flower on Lady Joanna Constantine's grave. Constantine. Yeah, that one. And also, can we just say her epitaph applies to Owen right now? Be to her virtues very kind and to her faults a little blind. <laughs> uh, what do you, you, why are you gotta be hating on me? <laughs> How does it feel, bro? Out I, of I don't know. I really appreciated one of his virtues a few minutes ago on the video portion of our chat. You guys all missed it, but yeah, that needs to be a uh, Patreon uh, reward <laughs> yeah, special. And we make it a loop like Nyan Cat and have like rainbows popping out of nowhere. I'm actually all thinking that was that was a uh, perk for Patreon people who were on the spreecast the one time. Because yeah, but but that was months on. ago. There are new Patreons since then. Yeah, like, not true. gotten to experience the sexy dance. I've, well, I've, oh, and next time I've I put do on a I put on a couple of pounds since then. So there's more to love. <laughs> I'm afraid that's my fault. Sorry. Um, okay, so he goes back to the temple, and his son-in-law is standing there with a the fucking machine gun, all casual with in, his hair like he's in his hobo pants in a Bon Jovi feature film. Um, Are there feature films? I was trying to think bon of a documentary. That's the one I'm looking for. I was going to say he looks like one of the nameless um, extras in a Walking Dead season. Oh yeah, it's, it's especially the hobo the pants, gun. especially it's... in the prison arc. Um, and it's Andros, right? It's just like, uh, your half wit of a son. I saw him when I was coming up the path. Beat him for me, <laughs> which I'm like, what the fuck? And he says, tell him when we stole when they stole our charge 200 years ago it was 30 years before he returned to us 30 years and it will never happen again and i have no idea what they're talking about until then we go to the next page and it's orpheus's head and apparently he was stolen and um i'm the flower that he puts down is uh lady constantine constant whatever and she's the one who stole him though isn't she no she's She's the one who brought him back oh right okay remember he at the end of i know that's the problem with having the previous volume out of order where the orpheus related stories Mm -hmm. he washed up on the that island after he escaped the underworld remember i mean after he was murdered by those um bacante crazy you know when he got his head ripped off she washed up 
and he walked up on yeah and then for the longest time he was um on that island and i guess they worshiped him as a, a gift from the gods and then for some convoluted reason during the french revolution he ended up in france and that's why J- lady johanna constantine had to like bring him back as a favor for a dream okay that's what i'm thinking because i don't yeah. know how he wound up in france so i guess we'll maybe find that out um but at the moment in the middle of the french revolution how does that happen yes <laughs> there were a lot of heads floating around back then you know <laughs> la da um so then he asks to be put on one windowsill in order to watch the sunrise, and then he wants to go outside into the garden. He's a very demanding head, and but apparently that is this guy's whole job, is to make sure the head is happy. So if you had servants that devoted, you'd be demanding too. That's true. Well, if you were a head, you'd probably be pretty demanding. Well, there's kind of no way to avoid that, I guess, because you literally can't do anything for yourself. Yeah, he's like, hey, I mean, I know it's a real pain in the butt, but <laughs> if I could do it myself, I would. But could you hand me that bag of chips? <laughs> open open it, asshole. <laughs> no, hand me the bag of chips. Take the bag of chips. Open the bag of chips and then feed me the chips. Well, you don't have to feed them. You just need to leave them open by your, you know, within tongue range. Tongue where you range. can kind of just. Uh, Is he going to like wriggle over there on his neck and like bury his face in the bag yes that's what i do anyway (laughs) and i have hands (laughs) she's always wriggling around on her neck it's weird (laughs) i just open a bag of chips and go head first into it and owen gets really embarrassed and looks around at people and is like uh we've had a lot of people quit our D &D group (laughs) (laughs) hey Um, our prehistoric ancestors the amoebae that we came from can do it we can do it too um, so he's looking the, um, I keep forgetting Andros. Yes. Andros. It's okay. You're like uh, Orpheus. You keep on forgetting which one this I know, is right. for so long. He calls him Crestos and then he's sorry. I was thinking of your father and Andros is like, actually you were thinking of my grandfather, but he doesn't say that out loud. Like, but that's fine. Yeah. No big deal. Just sing your song. You're a massive God who won't remember my name and that's cool. Um, and it cuts right from there. And these little intros um, are followed by, like, every chapter is followed with a square that is a weird summary told in the style of Delirium's speech patterns. I'm pretty sure it's a diary entry from Delirium's diary. I feel like her diary entries would not be nearly as well worded or in a straight line. <laughs> are you talking about little things that are like little phrases that describe what happens throughout the yeah event? blossom the, the, for a lady rain in the doorway not her sister want not want the view from the backs of mirrors journal to the plague year the number you have dialed and it or maybe they're poems written by destruction maybe it yeah, maybe it's one of destruction's bad poems <laughs> destruction you're terrible at this destroy your shitty poems destruction um <laughs> So we go to a homeless lady who is uh, begging for change out in the rain and somebody stops and chats with her and she mentions her son who was killed in an accident. She's like, but I'm no fool. I know it wasn't an accident. And a accident, a accident because he got hacked. Industrial accident. Um, And delirium is asleep beside her and wakes up and says the creepiest thing I've ever heard ever anywhere i was wet once i was wet once 
I haven't got any parents. There was a big flood and I got really wet in that. Only it wasn't rain. It was the gunky stuff inside people's eyes. Do you know who else was wet once? The dwarf from the last volume. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I promise it's the last time I'm bringing it up. At least this episode. (laughs) Oh God. I'm not, I'm not following you there this time. buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That really, I'm. I am sort of proud of myself, though, that you didn't see that last time, and that I sort of like made it a thing now for even for you in your head. No, uh, I, I legitimately, if I had photoshopping skills, I would Photoshop him out from that volume and just like post him in, like paste him into other comic panels. <laughs> I have photoshopping skills, Miles. You need to do this for us. <laughs> do this for me, Miles. Um, well, I'll get right on that. It is a very creepy line. Like, she says a lot of creepy things, but this weird... There's a lot of creepy eye stuff in this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This isn't the creepiest eye-related thing to happen in this issue. It's just the whole image and how unexpected that moment is. Like, just... It wasn't water. It was... And I'm like, what what was it? And then gunky stuff from people's eyes. No, not what I was expecting. And I do not appreciate it. Thank you, but no. I'll pass. The one, it's, yeah, they left that part out of the biblical Noah story. Right? Yeah. Um, so then the homeless lady says to her, like, how sad, sorry she is for her that her brother died. And she's like, he's not dead. I lost him. And the woman's like, well, pardon me for breathing, which I enjoyed. Um, to be fair, that's the kindest thing Delirium could have done because... We've seen what she does to people who piss her off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, I was appreciative that she just let her be. And gave her change, at least, right? Yeah, she gave her, she gave her some change. Did she? Yeah, I she gave her change. somebody else. Yeah, I thought it was oh, somebody okay, else, sorry. too. It's just, you know what it was? Um, the Her um, delirium's one arm has the fishnet on it, so that's what I thought that the sleeve was. Oh, oh okay. I gotcha. So delirium runs away, says that she needs a change. And she shows up at this party. It's a scene party. Yeah, she goes to the evil disco from (laughs) X-Men. Oh my god, it's the Hellfire Club. Even though this is DC, but still. This is is total kink scene right here. It is so hysterical to me. Like, I just... I I don't know what it is about the hairy legs in garter belts that cracks me up so completely every time I see it. But it never fails to just make me go, <laughs> just like a little kid. I just I don't care it. for the uh, for the joke that the gentleman says about Freddie Mercury. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that was a very nice joke. And that would have on Freddie Mercury. He was a proponent of the lifestyle that they. Yeah, uh-huh. where was that joke? And, and also, like he had probably when did Freddie Mercury die? Like right before this. Probably it's, it was the joke right, about. It's right when she stuff. walks into the club. Yeah. Yeah. When I told him the news about Freddy, he said, oh, another one bites the dust. I said, darling, when God puts teeth in your mouth, he ruined a perfectly good arsehole. I hate the word arse. Can we all talk about that for a second? Can we just say ass or not? What? Sergeant Angel walked in. Such an exceptionalist American. Listen to you. Take a look at his arse. (laughs) (laughs) Also, can we talk about what everyone is wearing? Can we... Do we have to? Go for I mean, it. Okay, I do appreciate the fact that some of these guys wearing gimp masks are also wearing, like, corsets mm-hmm. and or fishnets. 
even though they're macking on the chicks that are wearing the Madonna tit, uh, cone tit boobs. <laughs> cone tit boobs? Yeah, conage boobs. I don't know. Whatever you call them. I don't know I, what you call them. Cone bra, I guess. Bra. Bra. E- either way, um, I think the term for this is pansexual, right? Um... For what? For the guys? For the look? For the, I mean, the guy, the way, the, the like. I think mean, the guys are sissies. I think well, that's the thing that, like, it's men who enjoy um, being dressed in women's clothing and being, like, humiliated by the female. It's like a femdom thing. Yeah, okay. From what I, I have seen in my I, perusals I, of such on the internet, which are always alarming, but enlightening. <laughs> well. It comes as no surprise uh, who, which uh, of the endless that we bump into here, anyways, later on. Oh, this is so great! I oh. love the I love the bit where she sees the woman who is dressed exactly like death, and she's like, yeah. "No, it's my sister!" And then, whoopsies! And she's like, "Shall we go back to your place?" Oh, you're a bit ahead of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> well, buy me a drink and we'll talk. You're a little grubby, but you know, maybe. She's like, "You're not my sister!" Damn you, inconsistent art! <laughs> and she goes, "I want my." has a hissy fit and oh my goodness and the people I'm, are like oh fucking get this child out of here jesus oh it I reminds will- me now of uh that bit in Django unchained did you guys see that i have not seen that oh there's a great bit where uh dicaprio's character shows back at his like huge mansion and he's, he's like everybody's welcoming him home and apparently for no reason he just screams where is my beautiful sister oh i forgot about that that is that is really weird yeah i got like a weird incesty vibe from the two of them yes me too and it never pays off or anything but it's just like a feeling you get um so desire shows up and and is is awful Um, how how did you like uh, desire's outfit here anton i okay desire's outfit looked like something Magneto was forced to wear when he joined the Hellfire Club briefly. Uh, I was thinking of Emma <laughs> Frost. I was like, Anton's gonna love this shit. Oh my god, yes! If, well, if the hair was blonde, if the hair was icy blonde, it would have been gender-bent Emma Frost, which would have been perfect, because that's how Desire can be sometimes. But I also find that Desire wearing a really nice 80s prom king outfit mm-hmm. is completely different, given the setting we're in right now. You'd think Desire, Desire would be relishing, like, Oh, you know, the like you said, the, the guys that are dressed up, the sissy guys that are dressed up in the corsets and the fishnet leggings, you'd think that Desire would be all up on that. Mm-hmm. No, nah, Desire's got to stand out, bro. Uh, yeah, right. Desire so, likes to keep itself apart from everything else. It's true. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I laugh at this one episode of Archer um, uh, when uh, Ray bumps into a Venus flytrap monster and he goes, hi, boy, girl, or whatever gender you'd self-identify with i remember that <laughs> however you oh self-identify and i feel that this is desire all day every day i i may or may not have recently uh drunk absence a- absence <laughs> for the first time uh recently while watching archer it was an experience oh wow. shit oh my god did, did i've you, never tried absence did you flight did you like fly sideways like through the room did you float? absence is, i can't say it right Absinthe is fucking disgusting. Oh yeah, it is like I, that's disgusting. Why never tried it. Yeah, but the 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 buzz is fun. <laughs> I uh, I kind of want to do that for my birthday. Let's find some. I'll vomit. Okay. Or, um, Just like have a good fucking chaser. Is, that's yeah, I was gonna say, it. is there like a good cocktail you can mix it into? But I feel like it its yeah. reputation like it ruins everything. <laughs> 
Absinthe is like dream. Listeners, if, goes, if you have a good uh, absinthe cocktail recipe, send it in to unspoiledpodcast at gmail.com. Correct. That's right. Yep. Um, so this woman comes and hits on dream or on desire. Oh, it's the worst. And desire oh, wonderful. <laughs> sets up this horrific scenario. You see that lady in red over there? Go and talk to her. Have a passionate weekend during which both of you make love until you're sore and bleeding. Then, without knowing why, refuse to see her again. She'll phone you up and hang around your house. When you first tell her to leave you alone, she'll just cry and not say anything. Look at you with hurt eyes and follow you around. Eventually, this will make you so angry, you'll find yourself needing desperately to make her say something, to make her react, to hurt her, to get her eyes out of your mind. After that, it will just be a matter of time. And the girl just turns, uh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Wow. Thanks a lot. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I hate that smile everything. on Desire's face on that panel. No. Terrible. Also, but to be fair, though, didn't Desire pretty much just outline an infatuation gone wrong? Yes. Which I despise. And it's not Very even just an infatuation. It's not even just an infatuation gone wrong. It's like a, like an infatuation that broke someone into insanity and murder. Uh, which is pretty much the dating life of many. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying this uh, is why I don't participate on online dating with apps like Grindr and Jack because this is what happens exactly what Desire said. I have been I, so lucky to miss the whole online dating thing. No, you haven't. I, I found you by accident. So? That was not online dating. I have to didn't have yeah. to make a Tinder or an OkCupid profile or some shit and deal with the whole Oh, you don't think I found your OkCupid file? <laughs> can you say that in a slightly higher pitch voice? Oh, I can. <laughs> can you, well, just, just go for it. <laughs> if I had an OkCupid, which I never have, but if I did, I shudder to think what the inbox would be like at this point <sighs> after having ignored it for such a long time. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, it. I'm just saying. It's I have, I have many friends that have pretty much had crazy people come at them like this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I've never had to deal with that. I got lucky. Um. So then, desire takes Zillurium out of there to her house, the giant naked humanoid, and um. The threshold. Yes, I keep forgetting that's what it's called. Have there always been pins sticking out of the chest? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I just, this is the first time I've really truly see, gone a closer look at, I guess because it's in black and white as opposed to how we normally see it in color. Yeah, it's a an exposed heart. Mm. Mm. And uh, Delirium turns into a bunch of butterflies and flies away and goes to find... Um, Air. despair. Wait, Thank no. you. I kept about to say dementia, and I was like, "No, that's not it." <laughs> well, close. Like, with despair, she may as well be dementia. She goes, yeah, because she, she asks to... Desire to find their brother, and Desire is just not interested. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she calls up Despair with the sigil of the ring with the hook. I love this. I'm standing in in my gallery. Only I'm not because this is desires. But can I come and see you, please? I'm holding your sigil, your ring thingy. Really, I am. Um, and she winds up in this crazy place full of mirrors. Oh, this is the worst. It's super creepy. 
Is this everything you would have thought Despair's house would look like? Absolutely. Yeah, this part where she's like showing her like what she's into. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching <laughs> this guy. His wife found him looking at child pornography. She recognized that it was her, him and her niece. She took the pictures with her. He's thinking that she's going to call the cops. He's thinking about killing himself, but he doesn't have the courage for it. Isn't it great? And she's Isn't like, it beautiful? And she's like, yeah, I guess if that's what you're into. And oh, I've had that exact that reaction reaction to so many things that other people have tried to get me into. Oh, my God. Yes. It, it, you know what it looks like? It looks like she just walked in on despair, like having a porn session. <laughs> oh, come, come sister. Bit. Come sit a spell. I'm just enjoying my favorite porn. Watching porn with another person, uh, obviously outside of having sex while watching porn, is the weirdest thing. Yeah, I remember being a 13-year-old boy. I watched it with a couple of friends. Weirdly, while I was moving, I that, was like, that yeah. That is the weirdest. It was, I don't even remember what led to it, but I was like, it was years ago. And uh, we put it on like while we were moving stuff out of the living room. And then when we were done, we sort of stopped and just stared at it and we're like... Huh. And it was gay porn. My friend Nick, he like had it with him. Okay. And it was me and my, my girlfriend and my friend Nick and just sitting and watching gay porn. And finally we were like, yeah, I guess I'm done. Like, you want to get some pizza? Like, it was just super strange. Oh, that's so hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dating porn actors ruined porn for me, though. Not when I watch gay porn, I'm like, what do they do in real life? Are they gay for pay or straight? Or are they really gay? Hmm. I wonder. Is, are they a top... In real life, or are they just bottoming because it's more cash? Mm. Oh, yeah, because bottoming would be more cash, huh? No, bottoming is more cash. So, um, yeah, if you're... Okay. That makes sense. And, and pro tip, pro tip... Uh, <laughs> Get it? Get it? Pro tip? Pro tip for your listeners, <laughs> just because he's bottoming on camera doesn't mean he's a bottom in real life. Um, yeah, I guess so. Because if you're on the top, that means you're not gay. Because you're only giving, so that doesn't count. Do you think gay guys get turned on by their own wieners? Um. <laughs> Why don't you say, ask Do one? you think, like, he's not right here and can answer your that question? Is, that is a quote from Scrubs, and that just, no, that is, is basically how I feel all the time when people are talking about gay stuff. I'm just like, I was rather raised Southern Baptist. I've never thought about any of this stuff. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying the conversation, but I hope you don't mind if I don't contribute. <laughs> anyway, back to despair and delirium. Oh my goodness, these two. Um. Yeah. So the original sh- odd couple. Can we talk about <laughs> the thing? Delirium is like. Uh, I won't. I don't want to ask you because you're going to get mad. And she says, "I don't get mad." Meanwhile, there's oh, an, yeah. a rat on her shoulder. Um, and then she says, she says "Okay, then." If you have to promise, if I say something you don't like, you won't do that voice that sounds like people. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With wet and bubbly stuff in their lungs, buried under the ground, being crushed to death by giant worms talking. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and then despair, I love despair's reaction. It's basically like, oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you ruin everything with your demands. And uh, she says to Despair that she wants their brother back. Despair is like, Fuck, fucking why? Who cares? And uh, she asks her if she will. Nope, I won't help you. Well, oh, well, thank you for not doing the voice anyway. <laughs> Instead of doing the voice in order to suppress her, I guess I, that's basically what Despair did. She got the hook and just started clawing at her lip. Yes, at her lip and then down her cheek later. Um, oh my god. And then she says that she's going to go to Dream, who um, Despair is sort of like, you really shouldn't go and ask him. He's just going to say no. And she's like, well, whatever. I'm going to go anyway. Um, and then there is the saddest thing. Uh, three blind hummingbirds hang in the air like jewels of iridescent scarlet and cobalt. Then one by one, they fade. All color leech from them and fall lifeless into the mists to be eaten by rats. Despair feels uncomfortable. And we have a flashback here of her with crying, her brother. Yeah. And, and she gets like really emotional and doesn't want to cry and gouges her own eye out to like distract herself from the pain. And the flashback is during the plague and she's walking around looking at all of the dead and dying and her brother pops up and he's it, either he is gigantic or she is teeny tiny. I think it's a little of both because she's like very squat and hunched. Yeah. But he is just enormous. She's, al- she's always uh, been portrayed as being very short. Okay. Um, and yeah, he is delighted. Like, he is very, very cheerful. He's just like, ho, 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 the plague. Ha, ha. Right? And, she, and he gives her a kiss on the cheek, and she thinks um, no one ever kissed despair save her brother. And that was the last time that she, she, when she saw him, it was in Destiny's Hall 30 years on for the last time. Um, so they were close, which makes sense. I mean... Despair and destruction going together just makes sense. Yep. yep. Um, Although this introduction to him again, well, actually, no. We met him in the song, the wedding at Song for Orpheus, but you didn't know what his name was. Uh-huh. Um, is this how you expected destruction to be? To be Avatar of destruction? No. Well, the last time we met him, I didn't. Don't feel like he was quite so jovial. No, he was jovial, and I mean, he seemed like a party guy. But here, he seems much more gallant. I guess. Than he did before. Before he seemed like to me like a frat boy, like almost like Thor a little bit. He's a, he's a sweetheart. In this, he seems much more like the guy who flatters the old ladies, you my know, friend, just to be nice. My friend compared him to Book Tormund Giant's Bane with a har. I feel like that's how I thought he was before, and now this, it's. It, I felt like he was very different from that. I don't know. Maybe I, I, once I see him again in something else, but when he's like. Um, farewell you, my little sisters, till next I see your pretty face. And I mean, come on. It'd be on. like, 
if Tormund Giantsbane was raised at court, I feel like that's what we'd get. Oh. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. I love destruction so much. <laughs> Everything I never expected him to be. <laughs> so she's crying and Desire is calling on her, wants to talk about what Delirium is trying to do. And it's like, no, seriously, we need to do something. And Despair just ignores her. Hit what? it. Which I, which I appreciate because I feel like despair gets dragged into shit by desire. Oh, yeah. Probably quite a bit. Well, I, Delirium I just... straight up says that one of the reasons despair isn't helping her is because she doesn't want to upset desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Delirium, like I said, Delirium can be on point sometimes, even when she's not. Um, Especially so when she's not. That is the end of the first chapter. Okay, so now we are on chapter two. Um hey. She has decided she no longer loves me. In which dream is so this. fucking emo. This starts off with, it always rains on the unloved, wet dreams, a fishing expedition. She kisses wyverns, the Disneyland an- analogy, dinner etiquette, and chocolate lovers. Desire swears by the first circle, things are changing, what can possibly go wrong? Um, and then, yes, she decided she doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> and it's a rainstorm. Oh, God. This guy needs to get the fuck over himself. It's just so, like, perfect that when he makes it rain for days on end, it's like flooding other people's homes. But does he give a shit? No. No, He's totally willing to make other people inconvenienced or just miserable because he is miserable. And so everyone must be miserable because he's the worst. And and Lucian's like, she's left, my lord. And he's like, what would you like us to do with with her room? She's like... Erase them. Erase them. Oh my god. And Erase then what is this pumpkin head dude's name? Merv. Oh, Merv. 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 And he's pumpkin. just like, he could just make them disappear. Why do we have to go and like take them down? And Lucien is just like, do it. And he's like, fine, God. I, uh, what, I, he, what he says is, I don't know. Why don't you go ask him about it? He's like, oh, that's yeah. an excellent idea. Why don't you go up? Th- he's out on his balcony. Why don't you go talk to him? He's like, yeah, all right. I love Merv Pumpkinhead is seriously like he I probably like him even more than the Corinthian. I love his design. I love that he is a pump, you know, an anthropomorphic pumpkin guy who smokes like a, a cigarette. Yeah. And the smoke comes out of all of his holes. Yeah, it comes out of all of his. Like, he has my favorite design out of any. Uh, characters in this and this is full of great character designs and well and he totally he's got dream down i mean when he when he says you know guys like me ordinary joes we just shrug our shoulders say hey that's life flick it if you can't take a joke not him oh no he's got to be the tragic figure standing out in the rain mourning the loss of his beloved so down comes the rain right on cue oh my god I, I, nailed and I, it and i love that he calls lucian loosh oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wall, yeah. wall smoke, like like wall smoking, and just the f- smoke just furling out of everywhere. Um, and I like to imagine that uh, Dream can totally hear him, and he <laughs> knows it, and he's just like, "Whatever, fuck you, dude." Uh, <laughs> does else imagine, like, I, I didn't do it when I was talking just now, but does anyone else imagine like him with a thick New York accent? <laughs> yeah, I I, I I think he's very comparable to the Thing from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, like I, mean, I always picture him kind of talking like that. Well, the thing used to smoke a cigarette, too. So. Cigar. Cigar. Which makes him slightly better than Merv Pumpkinhead. <laughs> um, yeah, Merv, Merv Pumpkinhead is, like, my perfect blueprint for, like, the kind of characters that I like to play in a tabletop RPG. Like, he is the, he's the ultimate Gamma World character. Just he's... weird design, kind of quirky, belligerent personality, and, like, cool visual quirks. I love him so much. 
Who is um who is Matthew talking to in the next like scene? Isn't That's Lucien, isn't it? Oh, is that Lucien? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I he's mean, like, cause... it's been a whole week, what the fuck? And Lucien goes into detail about how Dream reacted to all of his other breakups. I, I love that, too. It's That's great. great. <laughs> um, After the Nada affair, he raised the dreaming. It was a bleak, lonely desert for centuries. Oh, man. And then Calliope, and he was a little relieved because they both knew Eleonora. He threw himself into his work. Um, and then... Uh, this girl that he's just recently broke up with, we don't know who she is yet, right? We haven't met right, her. Or correct. if we've met her, we don't <laughs> know who I was going to say, I don't remember if we ever meet her. Um, and Matthew says he never liked her. She, he knew she'd do something like this. Um, and then we go to uh, poor Abel, who oh is... <laughs> this is adorable. <laughs> it's so cute. He t- he goes and checks on the creepy thing in the basement that's like, no, I'm cool with being underwater, actually. I kind of like it. And then he tries oh, to do this, like, fishing thing, yeah, he, but he tumbles down. And he gives the gargoyle a small fishing pole. A tiny fishing pole. And He's the so bottle cute. imp has one, too. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, he does, if you look close. It's yeah. great. And the way he stacked everything in his, in his room, did you see the little skeleton is even stacked up with the chairs? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. They're in the back with the broom and everything. I and didn't even like, see that. It's it's how you imagine a it, in a lot of sitcoms when they have like a storm or a hurricane episode. Like they stack everything to comedic effect. They exist in Simpsons. They exist in Family Guy. Yeah, totally. And he's like he, he's trying to make the best of it. Like bring up a picnic. I'll go fish. I'll go fishing because there's all this water. It'll be fun. <laughs> Doesn't work out. <laughs> And then in the next page, it's Dream being like, this is foolish. Meanwhile, everyone around him is going, yes! (laughs) But he's asking himself why it hurts so bad when he hardly knew her. I would have given her worlds on a silken cord. And I'm like, once again, he's thinking about what he would have done for her, not wondering whether she even ever wanted that. Right. He's like, this is always his thing. He's like, why won't you accept my money? Basically, why won't you love me for my money? (laughs) And as he's standing there, one of the gargoyles is like, hey, we captured an intruder who claims to be your sister. (laughs) Turns out, Totes is his sister, but she is having a ball being held up in the air. Yeah, she's having so much fun. It's like Disneyland. (laughs) And the the wyvern is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I had no idea it was you. Um... And they go and sit down and have dinner, and I love the fact that they can order literally whatever they want. I yeah. wish that this was ever a thing in my life. Little chocolate <laughs> people filled with raspberry cream. Oh my god, she's so specific, and he's just like, very good, ma'am. And to drink? <laughs> I wanted it to be something equally as insane, but fresh mango juice isn't too bad. I love mango juice. Oh, yeah, it's super too. good. Um. And Dream orders an omelet, a light salad, and a glass of white wine. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Could you be any more bougie? I, I was going to say, on the other hand, I was like, that sounds good. But I'd get red wine. I hate white wine. I'm not going to. If I can order whatever I want, I'm not going to fucking omelet. Jesus. Yes. You'd get tired well, of it after a little while. It's like having Netflix. You shut your mouth. I would never get tired of it. It is not like Netflix. It is food. It is better than Netflix. <laughs> um. 
And I love that she start, uh Delirium starts making like the little chocolatey people like make out and have sex. And they yeah. actually and, start to do it. Well, I just love that Dream is just like, stop that. Like I've totally been that. Like <laughs> just been kind of like trying to be nice and like kind of friendly but then like someone's acting like inappropriate or in a way in a way that's making me uncomfortable or just annoyed and I'm just like, Ow. quit it. I don't. I don't think he wants to be reminded of lovers right now. Yeah, that that's too. what I was thinking. It was like, hey, I'm just in a breakup. Can we not? <laughs> um, and yeah, and that, she's just like, okay. At this point, he's like, all right, why don't we just go to the gallery and uh, talk and about talk this there? Business. Um, and yeah, that's oh. uh, touched by her fingers. The two surviving <sighs> chocolate people copulate desperately, losing themselves in a melting frenzy of lust, spending the last of their brief borrowed lives in a spasm of raspberry, raspberry cream, cream and, fear. and fear. Is that the greatest <laughs> panel in Sandman? <laughs> that, that's definitely the greatest like line in Sandman. I, I, that at least ties with I Am Hope from the first volume. <laughs> um. Yeah, that I was not expecting at all. And I just like how much of a throwaway it is, that it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter to it's, anything. It's very uh, Arthur Douglas. The, I don't know what that is. The Hitchhiker's Guide, isn't that his name? Oh, Douglas yeah. Adams. Douglas Adams, Adams. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please, Arthur is the name please don't send me your hate mail, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Delirium is trying to tell him what she wants, but she's like really scared of him. And he's starting to get irritated, and she starts crying. And then she just lets him have it, which I love so fucking much. I would afraid—I was afraid you'd probably be all horrible to me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And you're so scary. So I thought I'd really try to be good. And I was trying so hard to be good. And you were still being horrid to me. And I was t- doing my best. And then I messed it all up. And now you'll say no and be horrible. And it's all a mess. And it's my fault. And he's like so caught off guard by this and actually <laughs> apologizes. And she's so like unprepared for him to actually apologize that she thinks he's fucking with her. Which I, I just I was very kind of touched by it. Like I love Dream in this volume because he actually does apologize. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I can too easily put myself in those shoes of just like being super irritable. <laughs> and then someone like gets really, really upset by it. And then you're just like, oh, God, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was I was just very angry. Well, I think part of the story of this volume is like, hey, asshole, there's more important things than you, that other people exist who have feelings that aren't yours, mm-hmm. and maybe you should go help out your little sister who's in total crisis mode instead he, of moping. What she says, you've never apologized to me. You just act like you know stuff I don't know that makes you, everything you do okay. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. That's such a little sister thing to say. But yeah. it's totally true. He's got but, this this like mysterious, like, well, I know the mysteries and you don't, and so I'll just carry on with my shit 
And it's like, nobody really can call him on it because they're not sure. They're like, well, maybe he does know something, unaware that he is just a selfish asshole. It's like, you're a fucking idiot and I'm right and you're too stupid to understand why I'm right, but mm-hmm. just trust me on this one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Dream, though, doesn't embark on this road trip because he um, wants to help out Delirium. I think he's just doing it because it's like, well, you know, it's probably going to take my mind off of her. Yeah, no, I know, but I think, that's part of the, I think that's part of the story of the volume as we move forward. You know, Oh, yeah, of, that's true. Yeah. And I will say, though, I think his apology, if anything, it's nice that he did apologize, but also, don't you think that he apologized because it's Delirium? I mean, it's not as if this is death. His relationship with Delirium, I feel, is... Actually, it's Delirium's relationship with all her siblings is... Even though she's super old, she's still treated like a baby. Oh, definitely. She's forever well, the I mean, youngest. She behaves like a baby in a lot well, of ways, that's so that's part of it. I just well, feel that, like with my experience with having to deal with children, um, you sometimes just have to appease them. I think with him, it's the fact that because she doesn't have much artifice to her, that if she says something, he knows that it has to be at least a little true. Like if she's that direct with him... There's not going to be, she doesn't have like an agenda that she keeps hidden because she's not crafty or sane enough to have some like uh, ulterior motives. Yeah, exactly. So if she basically tells him, you're always such a huge dick to me, he knows that that actually has to be the case, or Mm -hmm. at least that she really sees it that way. Well, and I think the other piece of this is the fact that, you know, she has, um, I don't devolved isn't the term, but you know she used to be delight. Now mm-hmm. she's not anymore. And yeah, she made her grand transition. Yeah, and I I don't think most of her family members don't really know how to deal with that. It's like it, when when something really bad has happened to someone you know, and they're not the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it can be really hard to actually. Um, adjust to that in a way that will help them, as opposed to just being like, "You're not the person I knew anymore." By yeah. So that, that that's kind of what I see in the relationship right now is who knows what it used to be, but now he just like he's not um, he doesn't have the patience. Yeah, yeah, because he's so wrapped up in himself as we keep talking about. I mean, he he, he doesn't know how to to actually think about the fact that you know she has been fundamentally damaged by whatever happened. Um, so at this point, Dream asks her to excuse him for a second, and he calls up Desire. And it first tries to accuse her of it, It. of uh, breaking him up from his girlfriend. And Desire (laughs) is like, motherfucker, you didn't need any help with that. Yeah, I hate to disappoint you, Dream, but you managed to screw that one up all on your own. To be fair, Desire fucks with his love life at least a few times. Yeah, of course. But he's. I I love Desire here. He, he, she calls it, it as is it it is and it's amazing and you know i mean i know like owen had said desire is one of those people you love to hate but sometimes when desire is brutally honest desire is on fucking point yep why don't you go back to your gallery tell the little gleet to buzz off and bother someone else so you can get back to feeling sorry for yourself whoop, whoop. oh she called and uh desire also like he um Delirium said, like, I came up with this idea while I was at Desire's house. And he's like, oh, I'm sure you did. So when he talks to Desire, he assumes that she, like, put this into Delirium's head. And Desire's like, no, man, neither of these things is my deal. 
and which, uh, swears which is, by the first circle. Yeah. Which is, which, I'm assuming the first circle of hell or circle of, I don't know, whatever. No it's, idea. No, it's the first circle, no. like, ever. It's funny, though. <laughs> it was that, it was that first one. <laughs> it's funny, though, because uh, in the first issue, when Delirium is trying to convince Desire, she's like, look, or it says, you know, hey, Delirium, let it go. And Delirium starts laughing. It's like, that's funny. You're telling me not to want something? Yeah. Yep. I forgot about that part, but yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and then on the next page, Delirium is remembering going from Delight to Delirium. And there's not really an explanation of what happens. She just says the moment she realized what was happening, that the universe was changing, that she was growing up or at least growing older. Uh, the blossoms had already begun to fall in her domain, becoming smudged and formless colors, and she had no one to talk to. And then she went to see him and she goes to so she goes to see destruction and he says Dell, it's okay. And he shut up and she started giggling uncontrollably. And there's sort of this feeling like, did he destroy Delight and create Delirium, like, purposefully, by accident? Was it totally unrelated to him at all? But there's something about his um, his proximity to her when all of this goes down that I'm, like, not clear on. Because if the flowers mm. already started to dissolve and turn into smudges before she saw him... Maybe it wasn't a, like his deal at all, but there's something about the whole the moment she cracks and the fact that she's with him that makes me wonder. Interesting. Um, so, Dream comes back, and um, he she she says what I said wasn't true earlier, and he says really, and then she's like, yeah, I do like mango juice actually. <laughs> And did you notice she's um, these little mushroom spores are growing, and there's a yeah. little Eiffel Tower on Eiffel Tower on the floor, and like, an umbrella, oh yeah. all this random stuff. Oh my goodness, she just can't leave things alone. Um, so he goes to Lucien and gets help with uh, transportation. He's he tells Lucien we're going to go and find my brother. Lucien is like, I really don't think this is a good plan. Like tries to take him aside. And he's like, we're not going to find him. I'm just doing this for something to do. It's not a big deal. We're going to travel. It'll be fine. It'll give me something else to put, keep my mind on. And my brother doesn't want to be found and we don't want to find him. So who cares? Still, Lucien's like, yeah, but and he's like, shut up, do it. And what could possibly go wrong is what he says. And as he says this, the last frame is of, dream with a huge rainbow and the sun breaking out of the clouds finally and it's super pretty and everybody's like thank fuck jesus <laughs> so what so happened but it's awesome except turns for on their sump pumps except for merv Pumpkinhead, who is probably still busy trying to disassemble those rooms probably. get rid of that wing of the castle with his push broom <laughs> yeah eve shows up and he's like merv the sun is out he's like really oh god damn it and like so much boxes to pile at least in Dream, he probably like doesn't have to worry about buying cigarettes. He can probably just poof them out of the air. Poof. Um, he poofs them, and then he puffs them. Um, poof and puff. <laughs> poof and puff. Poof, poof, pass. Uh, poof, puff, pass. Yeah. So, chapter three. Um, we talk about the truly old things. Mm. Um, and there's a picture of a dinosaur with a collar on it. Which is yeah. enjoyable. 
There are less than 500 living humans who remember the human civilizations that predated the great lizards. There were a few. Fossil records are unreliable. Several of them lasted for millions of years. It's like, what? They rode them, and one of them was Jesus. Yeah, all of this this sounds like uh, Welcome to Night Vale shit. Oh, yeah. Like, read this in Cecil's voice. And, <laughs> right. uh, and and that's pretty much how, the whole thing. There are than a thousand who walked the streets of Atlantis. The first <laughs> Atlantis, the other lands that bore that name, were shadows. Echoes oh, man, that's good. Myth lands, and they never came later. We were, uh, I was at Worldcon, and they were having the, they had the whole vote as to where to hold the Worldcon in 2017. And there were, like, four major candidates. It was, like, Helsinki, Nippon, um... DC and somewhere else, but then the, they they put up all the votes and those four got most of the votes. But there were all all these little like half joking suggestions that got like one or two, and one of them was Night Vale. <laughs> yes, yes. Um. Okay, so we get this little introduction just basically about how there are some really old people still around, and then we meet Bernie Capex, and he is a lawyer. But he is thinking about a dream where he was petting mammoths. And then he's like, wait, was that a dream? Or is that just one of my childhood memories? <laughs> and as he's thinking this, a wall comes down and crushes him to death. And he's still standing there like, oh, thank God. I'm totally fine. Not even <laughs> hurt. And death's like, um. About Hello. <laughs> Hello. And uh, he's like, not after all this time. I mean. A stupid accident, and she's like, "You got a lifetime. Let's like, go." You got, you got fifteen thousand years. Right? How about fuck you? Cry me a fucking river. Let's talk yeah. to that baby from the first fucking volume. Right? See uh, how that yeah. baby feels. I, I was worried when this guy showed up because he looked very similar to the guy that uh, uh, Despair was looking at earlier. I thought uh, the same. I was like, thing. "Oh no, don't be that guy." Yeah, I thought the same thing. Or do be that guy, but still have a wall come down on you. Right, exactly. Um, And this one begins, the people who remember Atlantis concerning mammoths and falling walls who control transportation, question mark, bored, she makes little frogs, truth or consequences in other places, ancestral voices prophesying the dogs of art. When I dream, sometimes I remember how to fly. Um, So... Delirium is with Dream, and they are going to see a see a guy about a plane. And um, Delirium during this entire like section is that annoying kid at, on a road trip or mm-hmm. when out. What's the name of the word for the precise moment when you realize that you've actually forgotten how it felt like to make love to somebody you really liked a long time ago? Do little kids really <laughs> ask that on road trips? Oh yeah, I'm really glad time. I didn't have yeah. a little brother. <laughs> Um, I get that. I get that exact question from the kids at the daycare I work at, like every day. That's that's the thing that I find the most exhausting about children is like that you can't just let them chat to themselves. They have to. It has to be interactive, and you have to have a response. And sometimes there just fucking isn't one, and you just have to make shit up. And then they latch onto it and take what you said and run with it and ask like six more questions because of what you said. And you're like, motherfucker, <laughs> I should just kept my mouth shut. Also. And- Fuck the human condition. Even exactly. when they do just talk amongst themselves, sometimes just listening to them talk talk can be exhausting. That's oh, true. it's so it's so good. <laughs> they don't I, I love that. listening to the conversations of children when they don't know adults are around. It's hilarious. Well, I was gonna say, um, also like a child, she doesn't understand context or she doesn't like understand questions. Like, uh, can I questions. have a name? 
Yeah, can I have a name? Don't you have <laughs> one? That's sad. Can I have your names? You don't want my name. Trust me. You really don't. I'm just like, oh, my God. I kind of love this, to be honest. And this woman is just really determined to not let them see this guy whose name is escaping me at the moment. To be fair, that's Farrell. her job. Her job is to not let her boss be annoyed by annoying people. Exactly. Well, and and Dream is like giving no shits. About, no. He, but he's not giving any information either. He's being super imperious and wearing a cape. And oh. just, just like totally obtuse, like refusing to go with the culture he's in, which I feel like we've seen him be more adaptable before. Oh, definitely. And like this mood that he's in, he's just like, I'm going to be as inscrutable and annoying as possible. Deal with yeah. it. Instead of being like, tell him it's his old friend so-and-so and that I need to chat with him about a thing. He knows I'm coming. Tell him. We drank wine together in, in Babylon. Babylon. Like, fuck like, you, dude. I, oh, you have to read you it in your Alan Rickman Rory. voice. And the, the... Rory is just like, look, I have an appointment tonight, and I'm trying not to fuck my day up, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, and what's her name? Eileen. She's like, he says that you and him drank in a bar or something together. <laughs> oh, God. And it was a pub called Babylon. Yeah. Um, it's like something Shaquille O'Neal would say. And while the receptionist is on the phone with him, she's like, and now the girl is making little frogs. <laughs> jumping all over the place. I love it so much. And I like how uh, Morpheus doesn't care about this. He's just like, he's just standing serenely, kind of dispassionately. <laughs> yep. while the, all these adorable multicolored frogs hop around the reception <laughs> office. So finally, Faramon comes down and is like, oh shit, I never thought you would cash in this favor that I owed you. Not that I'm complaining, but weird, okay. I really like the brief uh, bit about all the transportation he's controlling. Like, he's a god, and he he got into a new gig on Dream's recommendation, and is dealing with... It basically seems like almost every transportation issue ever. Yes. Yeah, I kind of... Um, I like it. And... At at the end of this, um, Delirium shows them the list that she has of the people that were uh, Destruction's friends. The lawyer, the alderman, uh, Etain of the second look, the dancing woman. And we jump to Etain. Is it Etienne? I think it's Etain. Etain? Okay. Yeah, Etain. And Etain is just chilling, having some really shitty leftover coffee thinking about a poem that she dreamed about and feeling pretty proud of herself. And all of a sudden she smells gas. She jumps the fuck up, grabs her purse, jumps out the window and manages to like go to a Kmart and get new clothes right before her apartment blows up. Is she John McClane's it? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Good on you, Attain. Fucking K-Pax couldn't do that shit. Um, and we go from Attain to what I'm assuming is destruction. Yeah. Is that the ponytail dude who's yeah, now it's, shaved? It's destruction in retirement. I love retired <laughs> destruction. Have you guys seen uh oh Megamind? Yeah. No, oh yeah. No. He he Wait, reminds maybe? me he reminds me of Metro Man in retirement. Small spoiler there for Megamind. Sorry guys. Yeah, there um, you go. I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Superman analog goes into retirement and becomes Music Man, and he's nice. a terrible mu musician. Uh-huh. But, like, that's what he decides to do is, you know, he just kind of grows a shitty beard and plays <laughs> a acoustic guitar. And he's like, well, I'll just let my villain learn to become a hero and not worry about it. I've been working my ass off for years, so I'm going to just be uh, Duke Silver. This is also well, the first Barnabas the Dog appearance. 
Yes. Yes, and Barnabas is unimpressed with his work. I love these two. It's great. What do you think of my painting? Then he's like, I'm not much of an art critic. And And when he says, like, it looks like shit, he's like, well, whatever, you're colorblind. He's like, I thought you were the colorblind one. (laughs) Oh, snap. I love one of my favorite lines is that where he's like, you know, Barnabas, there are those who claim that for unquestioning respect and eternal devotion, all one needs is a dog. And Barnabas says, hey, schmuck, devotion you've got. Perjury isn't in the job description. (laughs) So he hears something and he opens it up, opens the door. And this looks like his, uh, what are they, what are they called again? Gallery. Gallery, Gallery, right. Mm -hmm. And it's got all of the sigils on the walls and there's a huge pool of water in the middle. Yeah, he's got a danger hot tub though, which is awesome. (laughs) A what hot tub? A danger hot tub. Oh, because it bounces around. I, you don't know that that water's hot. I thought it was a hot tub time machine. It looks like a, yeah, he's got a hot tub time machine. <laughs> also, uh, did you notice the sigil um, on sigils on the wall, Natasha? Did you notice which one is probably Destructions? I'm guessing the sword? Yeah. yeah. Guessing the sword, yep. Um, yeah, I find it sort of weird that Dreams is that alien mask. Be, yeah. But, my okay. friend has re- re- been rereading Sandman with us, did say, he's like, oh my god, it looks like that, um, he's he wondered if Ridley Scott was ripping off of uh, Sandman when he made uh, Prometheus. I mean, oh. I mean, probably. <laughs> that movie's bullshit. That was terrible. God, I hate Prometheus. Um, I hope you're listening, Rex, my friend on Facebook who loves it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible, terrible film. Um, and yeah, so he says that this warns of trouble, and it's, he says big trouble, and you can see some faces swirling around in there. Um, and then we go to the plane. And Delirium is very happy on this flight. And uh, there's a little girl sitting next to her mom talking about how she had a bad dream and she was lost. And she was so afraid that she wasn't going to find her parents again. And her mom is the biggest turd. (laughs) (laughs) Turd. That's what she is. Like, she's like super patronizing to her kid. And then she's talking to this stewardess about just bullshit. She's like, this one time I was at a party. Are those people famous? Because one time I was at a party (laughs) and uh, I talked to Charlton Heston. It was really cool. And she goes on for like eight paragraphs about this boring ass story she has. That's probably not even true. Come on. Do you think Lysias ever met Charlton Heston? <laughs> I met Charlton Heston once. Um, you had so to bring Dream back, Miles. Like, chimes in. I, was, I couldn't help girl. it. I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out. And again, he tells her, uh, you can totally get lost, actually. Like, so your worst fears are true, little girl. Hope you enjoy that. And I'm like, man, you're very terrifying. But she seems very happy with the fact that he's telling her the truth. Yeah, I, I, this is an endearing dream moment for him. Sure, he's, like, not doing it well. Like, he's being <laughs> spooky in his Alan Rickman-y ways. But, like, I, I think it's very cute to see him, like, interacting with this kid when he has he doesn't need to. He just decides to do it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, like when he was, like, Man. just decided to interact with Hob. Just kind of out of his own curiosity. He's just like, oh, no, you can get lost in dreams. Yep. Rick, and sometimes Rickman would make a great dream if we haven't already mentioned that. We, we have several times, okay. and we will continue know. to do so because he would. Yeah. Um, and when she you... later asks him whether or not she actually knows how to fly, and she just forgets the how to once she wakes up, or if she is just dreaming that she can fly. And he's like, "When you dream, sometimes you remember. When you wake, you always forget." And she says, but that's not fair. And he says, no, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, they get off the plane, and Ruby's waiting for them. Oh, Ruby. And Delirium wants to drive. <laughs> and everybody in the room collectively as one says no nope every reader who was reading this yes for god's sake and then we have chapter four which begins with the alderman who apparently can make a diversionary shadow of himself and turn into a bear and wander away <laughs> this is that's, the weirdest thing that's fucking cool i like that his shadow is still that of a man and he has to chew the shadow off um and I like to bite off your shadow is neither easy nor painless. It demands a single minded mindedness that is almost unknown in this day. I'm like, oh, yeah, because the rest of this is totally familiar. Considering <laughs> the setting and the bear, there are so many golden compass jokes to be made here, but I'm not going to make any. Yeah, of them. don't do it. Don't do it. I was don't just I was just going to say that um, basically you haven't read American Gods, Natasha, Mm-mm. but if you want to know what it's like, it's like that weird little scene right there. <laughs> In a, yeah, for a whole book. This there is some weirdness, and yeah, I was going to say this is pretty much the seeds for what he took this thread. I feel and incorporated this in American Gods because well, he, yeah, is, um, isn't the main character of American Gods named Shadow? Yes. There you go. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So yeah, oh, so they want yeah. the dream or dream. The shadow wanders away, suddenly really believing that it has always been the alderman, and the bear wanders away and eventually believes it has always been a bear. And uh and that's how that has gone. Have you ever uh listened uh heard of read any like Native American uh folk stories because that, that's the impression I get. Oh yeah. It's very like trippy and oh kind of nice. Well, the reason he's doing it right is because he has those things he set up to <laughs> the death figure traps. out yeah, fig- to figure out when death is coming. And because there's, I think the phrase is, a big death coming. <laughs> big death, yeah. I was like, oh, come on. It's a so big it's like, This is him disguising himself, right? So it doesn't find him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured it was. He was like, yeah, let's set up my shadow to take the fall for me. <laughs> Poor shadow. Um, okay, so back with Dream and Delirium. They are going to the lawyer's house, who's already dead. And his son opens the door and is like, hey, strangers, let me show you all of my dad's most personal and private possessions that nobody (laughs) knew he owned until about 20 minutes ago. Come on in. I love it, though, because if you found something that shocking and that weird and, you know, you had been drinking and it was such a shock (laughs) and just some random people came up, that's probably what you would do. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think I would. I'd be like, no, I got to tell someone about this shit. (laughs) I'm not telling my Aunt Lisa. No, fuck that. (laughs) No, I'm telling telling these random people that I will never see again. What is this shit? He had doubloons. He had (laughs) no crew ends. This is true. And we know that his son is super drunk because he's employing the trope of the facial hair when you're super, super wasted. That is yeah. what happens when you drink a lot. You automatically grow facial hair. It's a e- real problem e- for women. E- yeah, I was going to say even. <laughs> some, <laughs> some say that there are no dwarvish women. <laughs> it's the beast. Oh, my God. Don't. Um, so, yeah, his dad had Krugerans, uh smack. Uh, cocaine. He had, he had black tar uh, heroin. Guns, guns and, and knives. knives uh, passports, IDs. Um, I just love the idea that say? the filing... Birth certificates, credit cards, 
I'd like I to think that. that the top uh, the top shelf of the uh, filing cabinet is literally just like not arranged or anything, just crammed with various knives and guns, like not <laughs> organized or anything, just crammed in there. It's like I, a junk drawer, but for weapons. I would enjoy it if it, there was a separate folder and each folder contained a particular <laughs> type of gun and each <laughs> folder was very particularly labeled with the type of gun. B is for Beretta. Ah! <laughs> and there was a tiny little card inside that was like, for ammunition, see drawer two. Um, <laughs> Did you guys ever see Fear of a Black Hat? No. no. I would no. be very surprised if you had. It's basically like Spinal Tap, but for rap. Okay. <laughs> it's really fucking hilarious. It came out in the 90s, I think. And uh, there's a great bit where one of the rappers is showing the reporter all of his guns. And she's like, do you know the caliber of all these? And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah. This one here is for uh, little motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> this one here is for cut more motherfuckers. And this one here is for... Big motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that is how they are labeled. Um, okay, Ruby, so what she has to put up with during this entire road trip. I know she's like, let's go get a hotel room, and Dream's like, for what? <laughs> and she's like, motherfucker, who the fuck are you? If you think I'm just gonna drive all night, then you better go hire somebody else. You want to call Mr. Farrell? You want me to call Mr. Farrell? Because I ain't doing this shit. And he like starts to argue with her, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Whatever, it doesn't make any difference like, to I don't, me." I don't care. What? She's like, "Okay, then let's get a fucking hotel." I just love how circuitous that is. Yeah. Circuitous. Circuitous. Yeah. So they go to the hotel. And Delirium lays back and is blowing bubbles into a myriad of amazing, terrifying shapes. And uh, Ruby is taking off her makeup and getting ready for bed and smoking a cigarette. And we learn that she is super into money. She wants money a ton. And there was a guy that she really liked, but he failed a basic credit check. And so (laughs) it was pretty much over immediately. Yeah, we learned three main things about Ruby here. One, these are the things that Ruby likes. She likes cigarettes. She likes pornography, but only for short amounts of time. Right. And she's really into money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure she would like pornography for longer, but it costs, yep. you know? Yeah. That's like, true. She's not willing to pay up for the extra few minutes. This, uh, that whole thing makes her, like, immediately less sympathetic to me. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, the, I actually kind of liked that she has this, like, I don't even want to say mercenary streak because she it's she's pretty mercenary. I mean, you don't even know that, though, because we haven't seen anything in her behavior other than the guy that she was just like, yeah, bad credit. I'm out. But that seems pretty mercenary to me, I guess. But I mean, we all have our things. Like if I if I was seeing a guy and I found out that he had like a fourth grade reading level, I don't think I could get past that. We all have our thing that we're just like, "Mm -mm, no, Liz, subject verb agreement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't. It's it's you know if we, I had seen her do something really ruthless and brutal for money, but she's working a job. You know, it doesn't feel like there's anything that she's also, done that seems horrifying or. I completely agree, Natasha. And let's be fair. I'm the way she, she you know she could have reacted completely differently with with the dream and delirium, which mm-hmm. means that she, probably since she's working for Pharrell. Or Farrell, or how he pronounces his name now, Lord Barramond. <laughs> He's Farrell. He has a hit album. <laughs> I was, I was going to say. <laughs> he wears a giant 10-gallon hat. Oh, 
Anyways, she's probably been exposed to some really interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she had to drive around Anubis at one point in time. <laughs> she wanted to see like, the I you met a man. I eat this human heart while I'm back here? Thanks. I met a man who had swimming pools inside his swimming pools. I need to get on that shit. <laughs> um, so, okay, Ruby, unfortunately, drops her cigarette and burns to death. And probably yeah, that, that isn't what happened, but she's dead. Well, that doesn't happen yet, but it will. And so, moving on. Sorry, Ruby. Um, Delirium is trying to find the people um, that she has on her list. One of them is dead. K-Pax is dead. There's nothingness. Um, Etane is somewhere that she has recently gone to. She isn't where she had been when Delirium was first looking for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she moves on to the uh, alderman who something is cold and insubstantial. It's gone in and out. Like she can't quite get a hold of him. And then there is the dancing woman and she gets into Tiffany who I guess that's why she starts vomiting all of a sudden. Is it delirium? Like being like kind of shoving her way into Tiffany that causes her to start puking like that. I I I didn't didn't consider that, but that's actually, that seems likely to me. I feel like that's what it is. I mean, if you're being contacted by the Avatar of Chaos, I would assume you'd get all woozy and start puking <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, right? Maybe. You'll be completely sober at work, and all of a sudden you're vomiting uncontrollably onto your keyboard, and delirium has touched you. Um, so it turns out that the dancing woman is Ishtar, who is now a stripper and used to be a dancer in a temple. She was a goddess. Yeah, she was a love but, goddess, yeah. yeah. I think those temp- temples were for her. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And she, her dance was the last dance anybody ever saw. Was it that good? That's right. It was super good. It makes you come blood. Oh my it's god, I can't and even deal with that. Let's talk about some of these, these stripper names that she works with. So there's Ishtar Seth, and then she works alongside Venice Milai, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Milai Massacre. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's like naming. That's like having your stripper name be like I don't know, um, Treblinka or uh, <laughs> like, what's, what's Dresden. Another? Dresden. It's, it's <laughs> basically like, it's basically it would be the equivalent of like somebody today having a stripper name of nine eleven. Oh god! <laughs> like yeah. Oh, when I saw um, that, I'm like, what? Oh yeah. Oh, this is okay. Yeah. So she starts puking. She's like got her head, and then she looks up. Um, you're the dancing lady, aren't you? You're really pretty. We'll see you soon. Fucking ah! creepy. Um, and then we go back to Dream, who's checking in with Lucienne and just being like, hey, you need anything? You guys cool? Everything and, fine? And, any reason for me to come back? Maybe any anything pressing that you might need me to do? You yep. sure? No. Okay, the electric bill. <laughs> the dog's out. I just don't make... How are the levels of uh, mope over there? Degrees. <laughs> And just he actually says to him that he liked destruction, and I hope you find him. And yeah. Dream doesn't seem very happy about that, but it's he like, just sort of lets it lie. It's like, Fuck destruction! He never let me use his hot tub. He was a dick. <laughs> and we get a flashback of him and the Corinthian and destruction all in like what it looks like seventeen fifty something around there. Um, they refer to each other as sir too. Very courteous. Yes, and. They meet somebody in the street. Who is this? He, I don't know, but he tries to steal Dream's ruby. Dickon yeah. Hawksthorn. Yeah, that's right. 
And he's like, give me my fucking shit back. And he says, I'm going to have you dream about your death every single night until you actually die that way. I was like, holy he's shit. He's like, here's your thing. Fuck. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Uh, and even destruction, it's destruction. And he's like, you could have just taken it. You didn't need to do that. And dream is like, I didn't ask you. Okay. God, I will tell you how to do your job. And he's like, yeah, my job about that. About that. Been thinking. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, the dissecting things. Dissecting yeah. monkeys. This dude is dissecting a, an orangutan monkey dealie. It seems like the whole issue here is that um, Destruction's like, they're starting to really get into this whole reason thing. Mm -hmm. And when that starts happening, we know what comes next. We start getting science. We start getting atom smashing. We start getting nukes. That's what it seems like he's saying to me. Yeah, okay. yeah I agree. Um, Which is going to be I'm his job, find right? The next... Yeah, that's what I figured. I'm like... Does he just not want to be a part of that? Does he just not like... I mean, can you blame him if he doesn't? But that's him. That's who no. he is. That's like... It's like uh, despair not wanting to look into the mirror because it makes her depressed. Well, like, I, think that's where, I think that's <laughs> Dream's argument. I think it's he more says like... my brother abandoned his responsibilities. I think it's more like delight turning into delirium. Like, it's this weird thing that's not really supposed to happen, but it's happening. Hmm. Um... um and I also like how Dream is just not about it. He's like, yeah, so who cares? It happens. But it doesn't matter. It never matters. I mean, sometimes it's mattered, but it's not like it mattered. <laughs> and we get a sense that Destruction really digs walking around on Earth. Like, you know what um, You know what he actually reminds me of in this bit is Crowley from Good Omens. Did any of y'all ever read that? Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay, so Crowley is, is a demon. He was actually uh, the, the snake in the garden. Um, and... As the years have gone on, he's been spending a lot of time on Earth and is really digging it, just like really super enjoying himself. And so when uh, – at the very beginning of Good Omens, when he gets told – it's not really a spoiler. When he gets told that it's time for the Antichrist, it's time for the apocalypse, he's really bummed out. Aww. He's like, no, we got to do something about this. This this is no fun. Like, yeah. Um. Meanwhile, in the background, the Corinthian is cutting out the eyeballs of the orangutan and uh, having a little snack. I, I love guess. it. Yeah. And the Corinthian does very little in this scene. Like, I got really <laughs> excited when he showed up, and he's wearing like his—he's all you know, sixteen hundreds out. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like got the wig and shit. And I was like really excited. And then I was like, he doesn't really do anything. But then he like stole those orangutan eyeballs. I was like, yep, that's all I needed. <laughs> and this guy, where? What happened to his eyes? And he says, eyes. I see. No, no eyes. eyes. Yeah. I was like, you motherfucker. Get... And, and then he nudged him with his elbow. was like, eh? I see no eye? Eh? Eh? <laughs> um, then follows my time, brother, the age of fire and flame. And that is sad destruction talking and not being happy. And then we jump back to the present and Dream is just standing there in fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. And some guy is like, uh, dude... Oh, I love the firefighter here. I love him so much. He's just so, like, he's trying to be patient and at the same time, like, get the fuck out of my fucking way. <laughs> and Dream is very slowly, placidly with his fucking cape walking out. Look, I, I hate to disturb you, and only if it's not too much trouble, but will you kindly get the hell out of here? Right. 
it's my job to save you, and this building is on fire. <laughs> He's like, how did it start? He's like, fuck you, that's how it started. And they carry out Ruby, who's just char- charred corpse now. Face um, bears a resemblance to that orangutan, interestingly. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, let's not. Um, and it then, does. don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. I'm, all right. I'm She's not got half her fucking jaw missing like the orangutan did. What, what am I saying? It's just that she was an African-American character. And oh, so to then be like, it's just like, just don't, don't do okay, it. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> read, in, read into it whatever you want. But both her eyes are still there. So that was what I was confused by when you said that. I was like, she, but she's got her eyes, or I guess one of her eyes. For now. Um, for now. And then that will not be necessary. I can find my own way out. Oh, really? Can you? Thanks, dude. And he comes out and he's talking to Delirium and is like, um, I don't think that this is a coincidence. I mean, it might be, but I really doubt it. <laughs> and Delirium's like, oh, she's dead? Well, guess I can drive now. Dun, dun, dun. And her, the expression on her face is great. We didn't talk about how good the art is in this. This whole, yeah, this whole volume. It's, is all, way it's all the same artist, I'm pretty okay, sure. that's what it is. Um, there's only one pencil listed at the beginning. Um, and it's just very well done. That scene earlier when Delirium is laying in the bed and blowing bubbles and they're all like crazy shapes. Oh yeah. It's really good. And this is not normally like my, uh, like style of art that I tend to gravitate towards, but it's just really well done. Um, so we go to, uh, Tiffany and Ishtar and Ishtar is coming to take care of Tiffany a little bit because she was sick. And makes her food and is like, no, seriously, you really have to eat something. And Tiffany immediately vomits again. And she's like, oh, shit, I guess you really weren't hungry. And their conversation about needles. And the oh. fact that this woman injected into her uh, the red of her eyes. Doing more of that eye shit that I don't like. Yeah, not a fan. I only like it when the Corinthian does it. <laughs> he gets I a will pass. say, though. She said, sticking a needle straight in under there. Can you imagine the things you do to be loved? What was the other I've heard that people used to do? Oh, between their toes. Yeah, that that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's not fine. That is I not really, fine. I like the way Ishtar is drawn in this, too, because she's not it, she's not like overtly sexy, but she's super pretty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she's just got a very like classic look that she could have pulled this like looking exactly like this off for centuries yeah Yeah. a millennia if you will and there you go um so we go to delirium driving which is going about as well as we would expect it's it's (laughs) wonderful never let the avatar of chaos drive this is, I think this part, I was reading this today and I was just dying. So many parts. You know, if this car had great big runny legs like a centipede, it could run very fast and we get there quicker. Can I? No. <laughs> <laughs> you oh never God. let me do anything. I let you drive. I you love. Know, we about how desire likes to fuck with humans and play an active role with, you know, being desire. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad Delirium rarely does that. Yeah. Because if she did... Oh my goodness! Can you imagine how trippy life would be? She's like, "Why is that car making that noise and flashing lights at us? 
I have no idea. Perhaps the driver wishes to talk with you. Oh, neat. Okay. I like, Let's stop and say hi. I enjoy <laughs> that Morpheus is like, he, he's obviously a little disdainful of her driving abilities, but not he's he doesn't really seem worried, and he's very kind of placid about the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is very amusing. Yeah, he's disdainful, but he has no more knowledge than yeah, she does. Yeah, he doesn't does, know how to so do he it. He can't yeah, help. Exactly. And, and he's not going to bother trying to figure it out. Like, he's the kind of person who doesn't try many new things because he would hate to be bad at them. Mm, probably. <laughs> point. I'm, I'm finding myself very much relating to <laughs> Dream in this episode. <laughs> Oh no! Um, so this cop comes up and is just like, "Oh, I love this!" Flipping out, like, "What the fuck is the matter with you?" He's, and she's like, "I'm a good driver." He's like, "You are the worst driver." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, now you're just being a dick, so I'm going to curse you for the rest of your life." I think and, you'll have invisible insects all over you now for all of your life and forever and always. Oh, I felt so bad for this guy. Jesus. He was just doing his job. And, and again, Dream doesn't give any fucks about this. He just like, when Matthew shows up later, what's his deal? Oh, he has invisible bugs all over him. I mean, he does well, he, ask he does. her, was this necessary? And she says the exact thing to him that he said to Destruction. I don't tell you how to, um, what, yeah. do, what you do, do it, you know. <laughs> I guess he cares for like a second. Was that really entirely necessary? Like, I guess if you had to do that. It's just that it's inconvenient more than anything. Yeah. It's going to draw attention to us. Christ. Not that the driving she was doing wasn't doing that already, but. Um, so he calls on Matthew. And Matthew is also very much on point in this issue. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. He is at his Matthewist. Matthewist. Uh, Matthewist. Sorry. <laughs> And uh, what's with him? He's troubled by delusory insects. Bugs. Yeah, that's, that's yeah I've been there. <laughs> okay. I would say that he, of all the people to summon to teach Delirium how to drive, why is it going to be the guy who killed himself being a drunk driver? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, again, this, this uh, you know, I, I realize that others uh, don't, don't know this because we've talked about this before, but this goes back to the character from Swamp Thing, right. which... He uh he he did he was driving drunk he got in an accident he sold his soul to the devil essentially or someone approximately like the devil who was taking the form of an insect and who was all like insect themed when he came back and uh yeah so all the 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 driving the drunk driving the bugs yeah I've been okay there. I, I was I was gonna ask you about that when he said yeah I've been there I was like has he been there was there an issue where this character was oh, covered no, in that's bugs how people died. <laughs> Huh? Oh, sorry. He he's uh, Matthew is Matt Cable. So yeah, you know. that's what I'm saying. Well, I know, but I haven't read Swamp Thing, which is why oh, I was asking. Well, you yeah, fucking should. He, I, he I know. That's how Matt Cable got off spoilers for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, his in, when so he meets Delirium, which is great because Delirium's <laughs> reaction to him is just priceless. She goes, "Oh, really? You're um one, two, three, four, five, six and a half, seven, eight, nine. And the one who came back again after he was a man again, 11th of dreams rave <laughs> I've ever met. Oh, dear God. Um, so Delirium will, uh, will drive. You will advise her. 
I'm sure you will find the experience one of great interest and variety. I just love that so fucking much. And when he says to her, Delirium, this is Matthew. He will advise you on the protocol of vehicle management. What the fuck? I love it so much. He's very Ron Swanson when he's, when he's right. dealing with, uh, with Delirium. I like pretty dark-haired women in the understatement of this volume because we all know how the next panel involving them starts well, later yeah, on. Great. After this, this interlude with uh, Tiffany and Ishtar. And the the we'll get to it, but the interlude with Tiffany and Ishtar transitions to that perfectly. Um, so okay, Tiffany and Ishtar—they're talking about where they got their stage names. Tiffany got hers from her mother's Tiffany watch, which was the only beautiful thing that she owned, and that Tiffany stole when she ran away from home. And uh, on the way to the car, she's talking about the fu- the fact that every time that she meets a dude, he tells her he, that she he's like a man, he's a, a white knight. And riding in to save her, then very quickly transitions into, I need money, you're stupid. And that happens every single time. And I'm like, thank God I've never run into that type. Also, uh, I'm loving how Tiffany is wearing a Madonna Blonde Ambition shirt. Oh, yes. I thought that it's the 80s or the early 90s. Um, 93. 93. It's... 93. Um... And she's also complimenting Ishtar on her dancing. She's like, I don't know why you don't do real dancing because you're obviously really good. And she's like, they don't come to see that. Promise. They yeah. really don't. <laughs> like At the time, I was like, what is the problem? I, I, I like, now I'm I like, like oh, that shit. bit. They're like, yeah, they're not here for the dancing. Yeah. Um, so then she goes like a little nauseous again. And she's like, that was weird. What was? Suddenly, I just got this kind of mystical vision. There was a sort of big black bird shouting at me. <laughs> what was really? he shouting? Drive on the right! You'll kill us all! Drive on the goddamn right! <laughs> Delirium driving is like if you let, like, I don't know, someone plucked uh, a demented senior from the senior home and made them drive <laughs> for something. I don't know. It's anyone who watches Community. What's the name of that creepy old man that's still in? Oh my college? god! If he drove, um, uh, Leonard. Leonard. Leonard drove. That's how I. <laughs> oh my god! One of my favorite lines ever written is just the random one where Leonard's like walking by and he yells at Jeff. You ate all my spaghetti. And Jeff goes, shut up, Leonard. Nobody even knows what you're talking about. And then he walks away and goes, I did eat all the spaghetti. It's screwed up that he knows. <laughs> By the way, does anyone, is, is anyone else noticing that the title of each issue is appearing later and later? Oh, thank God someone noticed that because that was driving yeah. me crazy. Yeah, it was, um, it was throwing me off a lot because I was like, wait, I thought I was already in the next issue. Oh, okay. They're just doing that. Yeah. So this one is five, the things we do not to be loved. Her hands do not go to the moon. The driving instructor, Tiffany watches, uh, Tiffany watches one, I guess, white knights yeah. and or pond scum are Dalmatian's flowers. Nancy displays her erudition and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Tiffany watches two. Well, it's like the first in the first issue, you don't know what any of that shit means because mm-hmm. it comes at the very beginning. And in this one, it's like, all right, we know the things we do to be loved. We know her answers do not go to the moon. We know White Knights and Ponscum. And like, you know, that's where we cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, and a brief tangent back to um, Tiffany and Ishtar, though, I will say I do enjoy some of Tiffany's very cynical humor regarding men. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
you know, he said he um, he always loves to tell me how goddamn stupid I am. I ought to tell him if it's brains you're after, drill a hole in my head and stick his goddamn weenie in that. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, I enjoyed hey, that she said I weenie. I have this shirt. It said a hard man is good to find. Funny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, when she says, did you ever find a good one? Ishtar says one, but that was a long time ago. In the end, we split up. Fights about his family and his job. You know how it goes. And I'm like, is this destruction? We were an item oh. for a long time. I wish I knew what he was doing now. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. The um, way or and or how. And they go. <laughs> so we jump from um, delirium driving Wait, to oh. the girls at the club. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, I just got to say, when Matthew mentions 101 Dalmatians... Oh my god, that's right. You did see it? Really? The same film? Let's stop driving. We must get out and jump up and down and up and down and dance around and around. <laughs> Look, that's not a great idea when you're on a freeway. <laughs> oh god. It's like, you like grape soda? I like grape soda. We're best We're friends. We're best friends! <laughs> and Matthew's like, let's not. Um... So, yeah, at, at this point, it turns out in the car that Ishtar was talking about prostitution. And she's like, Tiffany's trying to be all like, I'm in show business, not the sex industry. And everybody around her is like, honey, listen. <laughs> um, and they're talking about uh, the temples. Yes. And describing that uh, if you were a virgin female and you lost your virginity in the temple, it didn't count. Technically, you were still a virgin. And if you got pregnant that the children would be left with the temple to be raised. Yeah, so all the women have to go there once in their lives and wait for someone to offer her money for sex, basically. Yep. Super fun. But they're also saying that this was a matriarchal thing? Well, no, they were saying, like, in a matriarchal society, this stuff starts to come up because there is an eagerness to... uh, What's the word that they used? Um, that men are so terrified of female sexuality that they have mm. to repress it or regulate it. Mm. So that is like the the matriarchal society. It's like once women get a little too out of control with being able to do whatever they want, we'll, in, we'll inst- instill some rules, and this was yeah. one of them. You know what I, I mean? Love, and I love when Tiffany's like, how do you know all this stuff? And she's like, I have a master's in women's studies, all right? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I and just I like happen to be like, stripping. I like how Tiffany's like, what's the matriarchy, a society run by women? You mean like the Girl Scouts? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed this a lot. And don't get me started on uh, the patriarchy and sex work because it will get ugly. So we go to the next. If you um, want to hear more about that, you can listen to the broadcast. <laughs> Broads don't belong in broadcasting. He has to do it. He has to do it every time. It's a I will say though, this was great. This exchange about the um, regarding what happens to God when the, when their temples fall apart. I wonder what happens to them. And oh it's right, just, like, right there. Yeah, right. She's I thought like, it was a little huh, ominous. I don't know what could happen. Maybe they become dancers here right now and talk about <laughs> prostitution. And te- I mean, maybe they made nothing. you eggs this morning. <laughs> And then Nancy and uh, Tiffany have this weird argument where Tiffany's getting all pissed off. Yep. And she says, we were talking about this earlier, she says, I wouldn't expect anything more of someone who calls herself after a drink when they dance. And she's like, oh okay, 
My lie is not a drink. Yeah. But first of all, Nancy, calling yourself Milai of all the names, really? Of mm. all the names that you could have picked? You're going to name it after that place? Yeah, you really probably it. should have picked the drink, frankly. <laughs> should have just gone for Mai Tai instead of Milai. And again, yeah. this whole section, very American gods. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, American gods is all yeah. about what it's like to be a god when no one worships you. That's right. So Ishtar goes to the catwalk and begins her dancing and is, you know, zeroing in on different folks to get her money. Finds herself thinking once more about the women in the temple courtyard. There is a magic generated by money given for lust. Once upon a time, she could use that magic, draw it to her, create an aspect, take the power to herself. Now she uses a shadow of it to survive. Even a little worship is better than nothing, which I enjoyed a lot. Mm. Um, and this is when the, the dream crew arrives, <laughs> the dream crew and Matthew, Hey, I haven't been a place like this since I had hands. <laughs> I used to love these places. <laughs> I mean, my wife didn't mind. Okay. Maybe she'd have minded if she knew, are we going in? <laughs> nope. Knowing who his wife was. Yes. She fucking would have. <laughs> and at the door, the bouncer's like, uh, this is a child and a fucking bird. I don't think so. <laughs> look at the sign sir no birds (laughs) birds with a big x through it we've had trouble in the past delirium is like he's not a bird his name is matthew (laughs) he's like well technically fine okay he's a bird but but he's a nice bird (laughs) yeah and dream if you reflect for a moment it will occur to you that we are all three adult males dressed and attired in conformity with local standards and you are only (laughs) too pleased to invite us into your establishment if you look very closely i think you'll notice that we're all wearing ed hardy shirts (laughs) also you definitely don't want to sell me death sticks Oh, oh, oh god damn you (laughs) i don't want to hear any shit about bringing up asriel batman after that line oh come on you know what the prequels were bad i hate sand asriel batman is worse no 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 we're not doing this guys settle down this is why we need our own podcast it really is (laughs) so ishtar can feel them walking in and she flips out and runs in back. Somebody tries to stop Dream from going back there. And he's just like, fuck you. I, I, here's your brain. Take it. I've messed with it. I'm going back there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, I guess you're going back there. And he doesn't know this woman. Yeah, she like she knows who he is, apparently. But he has never met her before, I get the impression. No, no, they totally have. She says, like... Yes. Oh, oh, right. That's right. You never approved of me. That's right. Because he knows who, but he just didn't realize that she was the dancing woman. That's what it is. Right. Um, and he keeps on calling her by various names. Balili is the first Uh, one. Yeah, Bilial, and then I think Astarte. Astarte. Yeah, they're all the different names of what is basically the Mesopotamian fertility goddess, right? There. I mean, the. I don't know. Mesopotamia, like I'm not sure where the names because Ishtar is Egyptian. No, is that Egyptian? no, no, no. That's Isis. Uh, is, Ishtar Isis. is definitely like Sumerian, I think, and Astarte is Mesopotamia, basically old school Babylon. And Balili is same. Another, I think it's like um, these are all like old set, the old pre Judeo Christian Semitic gods. Okay, oh, and, and they specifically mentioned Astarte when they were talking about the temples too. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. 
yeah, he's calling her by all different names, but she keeps correcting him to Ishtar. And um, she tells him she has no idea where his brother is and that she really loved him. And she, he says, you were the goddess of love. I would expect nothing less of you. And he just leaves. Which is bullshit because she says that he was the only one. Yeah. Right. He doesn't know that, but like, he's just so like. Or dismissive. Yeah. And there's the one bit where he, where she says, uh, oh, or is it, you know, you really don't like women, do you? I know. I love when she said that and he just like sidesteps it completely. Yeah. Um, her name. And then I love Delirium is talking to a dude in the audience. Her name's Tiffany. I went inside her already. You should give her lots <laughs> of dollars. Noodles and oodles of them. And then the guy's oh. holding up a handful of bills. Auto delirium. Also, I will say, um, back to the Ishtar deliri- the dream um, interaction, I just want to say that I like her one line about, you could sacrifice a black lamb to me if you like, but this yeah. is all the temple I've got, and we're kind of short on oracles. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> yeah. out. Fresh out. <laughs> you have my sympathies. Shut up, dude. Hate you. Um, so she goes on to dance. She decides, fuck it. And this shit gets real real fast oh my all eyes are on her oh this is crazy dudes are not aware that their bodies are exploding from the inside basically jay musgrave feels the blood burst from his ears there is pain true but he scarcely notices it murray brown feels a sudden tightness in his chest his head falls on a pile of beer sodden dollar bills and he gasps for breath while he stares and rejoices shep casey who hasn't had an erection in a dozen years is ejaculating violently again and again and again and now he's coming blood and he doesn't care tex avery's head turns into an actual wolf head and howls at the moon (laughs) and tiffany runs (laughs) and she runs Gets out of there just the fucking time. <laughs> she also John McClane's it. Right? Yeah. I thought it would have been great if she had crashed through a window. <laughs> With her purse. It's too sexy. <laughs> have you guys heard the uh, the Lonely Island song about uh, about the boombox? Like a boombox is not a toy. Oh, I think, yes. I think so, yeah. He, like, he keeps talking about how he's like... Uh, he, he, turns on his boombox and society starts dancing and then he goes to this old folks home and turns on the turbo boost and everyone starts having sex (laughs) the music was just too powerful (laughs) boombox is not a toy so yeah she has uh, escaped just before the whole place explodes and goes down in a fiery inferno and then just is rubble and um i guess that's the equivalent of her committing suicide I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't guess. know if she's still around or not. Seems that way. She's she's like, fuck it, I'm going to blow up my well, work. work. When and, I only say it seems that way because when Desire shows up, it keeps talking about Ishtar like she's gone, like in the past tense. Yeah, that was what I was like, okay. Um, and Tiffany, poor thing, is out there in heels and nothing else. She's just wearing yeah. like the garter belt that she had around her uh, thigh and is flipping out. The, the sole survivor of that, apparently... And, um, and dream and delirium got out of there. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're not human, so they don't count. That's true. Um, yeah. And desire says, and only, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee, not that they'll believe you. Of course, Tiffany console yourself. You can't be that dumb. At least you got out of there before she went critical. Um, which I do really enjoy that Tiffany is such a survivor 
She's yeah. dealt with all kinds of shitty people, and she can tell when shit's about to go down, even if it's supernatural. <laughs> She's just <laughs> like, nope, bye. Storm's senses are tingling. Right? Um, you know, she still really loved him. Even as she went, he was all she was thinking of it, of, I could feel it, poor thing. He was the only one she ever loved who wasn't all used up in 30, 40 years. <laughs> oh, that's the saddest thing. It's like the witches and Golden Compass. It's some Highlander shit. Yeah. Um, and, she, uh, Desire gives Tiffany its jacket, um, if they were smart, they'd never stirred it all up. But then some people aren't bright enough to come in out of the rain. And Tiffany looks up and Desire is gone. And uh, that is the end of Chapter 5. And that is dun, the dun, end dun. of our section that we decided to cover this time. Dun, 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 I, I dun, think dun. we talked for long enough. We've been going we made, on for We what, made a good choice. Hours. I think it's pretty good timing. We are at one hour, one hour 40 minutes at the okay. moment. All right. Well, I don't have any announcements to make. I don't have any new patrons or anything. You guys uh, want to plug stuff? Anyone? I, I, as usual, have nothing to plug. I usually just plug other people's shit. So uh, I'll plug. Uh, I'll plug. Uh, you know what? I'll plug the new Fantastic Four movie because it was really <laughs> bad. But uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan's a good actor. You know, may- maybe maybe throw in a pity viewing. I don't know. Aww. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, no, don't go see that. That movie's garbage, <laughs> and I, I hate it on a moral level. <laughs> okay, Miles. Um, all right, well, uh, y'all, you can find me at www.towerofthehand.com, where I blog about Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, so if you're into that fandom at all, check me out there under the pen name of Ghost Love Singer. And if you are uh, into nerdy podcasts, which... You clearly are, if you've made it this far. Uh, I highly recommend you check out the Smash Fiction Podcast, which is my uh, current project that I'm doing with some friends of mine. We uh, take two characters from fiction and pit them against one another in various scenarios, uh, debate style like NPR, but with silly shit. Like uh, the most recent episode was Gandalf versus Dumbledore. So that's super fun. I highly recommend you check that out. It's on iTunes. Uh, so, yeah, I think... Uh, I think that's about it. Also, um, if you haven't checked out my piece on the Hugo Awards for yesmagazine.org, check that out. It's actually uh, getting a significant amount of attention. Nice. Um, I got the leaders of the sad and rabid puppy movement's attention. Uh, they they uh, called me um, du- uh, duplicitous liars and uh, <laughs> uh, advocating for barbarism. It was great. It was, I'm was really proud of it. This is tyranny, <laughs> sir. Barbarism. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from you, Miles. What did the guy say? I think John C. Wright was like, I am a soldier for Christ and for Rome. Miles Schneiderman is an advocate for barbarism blah, blah, and something else. Nice. <laughs> barbarism, and, barbarism and ignorance. That's what he said. Yeah, he said he's a soldier for Christ and Rome. I don't think I'm the one who's out of touch here. But uh, And then I am actually should be having a, a new piece on the actual result of the Hugo Awards coming out in the relatively new, near future. So keep an eye out. Yesmagazine.org. Okay, cool. And uh, Anton? Yes. Hey, guys. I am <laughs> contributing to ProjectFandom.com, which we are now an LLC, which is kind of amazing. Ooh, nice. I had not heard that. That's awesome. It's pretty great. And also, uh, I will be covering uh, Lucifer and the Muppets show this fall. <laughs> well, I actually, um, yes, I did see the Lucifer, Lucifer pilot, and it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, the trailers don't do it any justice. 
to be quite honest, which is even great because it ex- exceeds expectations, to be quite honest, which is, I'm, I'm going to say, I can't believe this is on Fox. And if it gets canceled, <laughs> it's probably because of the Christian angry Catholic moms movement. Shut it down. But also uh, Muppets on ABC, which is also amazing. And Miss Piggy has always been one of my many spirit animals in my spirit menagerie up there Yay. with oh, and Emma Frost. Oh, 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 oh. All right, cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next week with a new episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips. Like roses and clover Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over Send it